Hello, Ross. Hello, Balake. Welcome back, everyone, to Hollywood History, the show where we discuss movies, TVs, and maybe we'll do a book sometime, video games, uh, all kinds of stuff that are related to history and attempt to tell real-life stories. And today, we're doing Escape from Alcatraz, which is a 1979 prison escape thriller directed by Don Siegel and starring Clint Eastwood as Frank Morris, an inmate at the high-security prison on Alcatraz Island. The film dramatizes the exciting and mysterious escape carried out by a group of prisoners in 1962. The film performed well at the box office and received overwhelmingly positive reviews from critics. Ross, what did you think of Escape from Alcatraz? Um, top, top 10. It's a classic. I think this one... It's honestly hard because Lincoln was so good, but this may or may not be my favorite movie we've done so far. And I've never seen, I'd never seen the movie before we did this. And I really loved it. This was fantastic. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan. So that probably contributed. <laughs> so, you know, like, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, who isn't? Because, look, okay, here's the thing. Is he basically plays the same character in every movie, but it's such a good character that you just don't care. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's great. And we'll, we'll get more into that later. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a, it's a fantastic movie. It is currently on Hulu. Um, so if you have Hulu, you can check this movie out. Uh, and obviously, I'm, I'm sure it's available on DVD or Blu-ray. But this is one of the ones like Lincoln uh, that, or like Loving that I would ac- absolutely recommend, not just uh, from a film perspective and not to spoil myself, but also from an accuracy perspective. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and give you all the real story of what happened uh, on Alcatraz in 1962 and the story behind this movie. <clears throat> so in 1775, uh, Alcatraz rece- received its famous name from a Spanish explorer named Juan Manuel de Ayala. Forgive me if I just butchered that name. I hope I didn't, but I may have. Uh, he named the island La Isla de Alcatraces, meaning Island of the Pelicans. Again, if I pronounce that wrong, forgive me. Um, by the 1850s, it had become an army fort under the Millard Fillmore administration. Uh, so, you know... Everybody's favorite president, Millard Fillmore. Uh, when I think of forgotten presidents, he's the first person that comes to my mind. So if anybody ever asks you what Millard Fillmore did, you can tell him that he made Alcatraz a thing. So, yeah, anyways, it was an <laughs> army fort, 1850. Uh, it eventually becomes a military prison during the Civil War. Uh, they keep Confederate dissidents there and people that are going to cause trouble. So the prison would serve during the Civil War, during the Indian Wars, and during the Spanish-American War. Uh, and its proximity far away from battlefields and surrounded by the icy San Francisco waters made it an ideal location for holding prisoners. It was very difficult to escape from. Um, inmate labor is what would build the Alcatraz that we know today. Uh, so a lot of the buildings you see, that is from prison labor. And in 1933, um, there are more facilities added to increase security. And then in 1934... Uh, the prison uh, again opens. And this is the Alcatraz that we think of when we think of Alcatraz. This is the prison uh, that we know. Uh, And it was kind of meant to hold the worst that the U.S. prison system had to offer. So uh, Al Capone was famously sent there. uh, And he reportedly said, it looks like Alcatraz has got me licked. Uh, So it was was very, very high security. Obviously, if you go to Alcatraz in San Francisco, um, you can check it out. And I would highly recommend you do. I've never been. Uh, I've been to San Francisco twice, but both times they didn't have the boat rides out. It's, it's kind of difficult to get tickets for that. But uh, if, you, if you have the opportunity to, I heard from people that have been that it is very, very interesting. So 
throughout its time, uh, the island would typically hold about 260, 270 prisoners at any given time. Uh, And on Alcatraz, the inmates only had four rights given to them. Food, clothing, shelter, and medical care. Everything else was a privilege that they had to earn. Uh, And they actually say that in the movie. So that's one, go ahead, good. One point for accuracy already. Look look how good the movie's already doing. Uh, Anyway, the inmates, they could earn privileges such as work. Uh, They could visit with family. They could paint. They could uh, make music. Or they could get books and magazines from the prison library. Uh, The high security, claustrophobic, and dehumanizing nature of the prison led many to try and escape. Uh, And this is where our story kind of starts. But there's a couple of different escape attempts that I want to talk about uh, that are actually pretty interesting. So firstly, um, to get this out of the way, one of the reasons that it was so incredibly difficult to escape Alcatraz is because of the cold waters, um, uh, the long distance to shore, and the strong currents, which means even if you do get to the waterline, which is already difficult, um, you're going to have a hard time getting there, especially not if you're not in healthy condition. Uh, it is possible, and we're going to talk about that a little later, but it is difficult. Um, in its first years of operate, in its years of operation, excuse me, uh, there were actually 14 escape attempts carried out by 36 different men. So the first big escape attempt came in 1937. A man named Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe uh, made it all the way to the water's edge and are presumed to have drowned. So uh, they didn't make it, or we we're almost positive they didn't make it. Uh, in 1945, um, and this is this might be one of my favorites that I saw during my research. A man named John, uh, I believe it's a Giles or Giles, um, G-I-L-E-S, uh, was working laundry detail, and on Alcatraz they actually washed laundry for the army. Uh, and over time, he pieced together an entire army uniform. And on July 31st, 1945, he stepped onto an army launch uh, and he left Alcatraz Island on this army boat. Uh, unfortunately for him, it was quickly discovered and he was arrested as soon as the boat docked at Angel Island. But uh, points for um, originality there, bud. That one's, that one's pretty interesting to me. Pretty ingenious. Absolutely. Yeah. Smart, I think. Um, I think probably the most famous one, if you have, uh, besides the 1962 one that we're going to talk about, the most famous one that you've probably heard of occurred in 1946. Uh, and it was probably the most daring and infamous attempt uh, to escape from Alcatraz prison took place on May 2nd through May 4th, 1946. uh, And six prisoners took control of the cell house, including the weapons cabinet. Um, And the keys that they seized didn't actually have a key to unlock the recreation yard door to get out. Uh, So they they decided to instead uh, make their stand. And this began what would be known as the Battle of Alcatraz. Uh, Eventually, 18 guards were injured uh, and three hostages that the prisoners had taken were killed. Um, three of the inmates actually returned to their cells. The others were killed after the United States Marines were called in, uh, ending the crisis. Um, I believe there have been films made about the Battle of Alcatraz. Uh, that's one of the most famous incidents to occur on the island. Uh, but the story that we're going to be talking about today begins in January 1960. It's a man named Frank Morris arrives on the island. Now, Morris had spent much of his life uh, in prison and had a history of prison escape attempts, which led him to be sent to Alcatraz. Uh, He had a very high IQ of 130, and again, that is all detailed in the movie. So the movie also gets points for getting that correct, too. Um, John and Clarence Anglin were sent to the island in 1961, uh, also having spent much of their life in the prison sentence. And a fourth man, Alan West, was serving his second prison sentence on the island, and all four would be involved in uh, the most incredible escape, in my opinion, uh, that would take place on the island. Their plan, masterminded by Morris, 
was to use a raft to make it to Angel Island, uh, rest there, and then they could make it back to the mainland where they would steal a car as well as stealing clothes, uh, then go their separate ways. For three months, the men dug out of air vents in their cells uh, using makeshift tools. Um, they made dummy heads and sewed together over 50 raincoats to make a makeshift raft and um, life jackets. Uh, to dig out of their ventilation shafts, the men used saw blades, metal spoons, and parts of a vacuum cleaner, uh, which made a makeshift drill. The men hid the sound of their digging using an accordion and uh, covered the hole with false cardboard vents. Again, that is all seen in the film. Uh, at night, the men would go to the ventilation shaft uh, where they set up a makeshift workshop where they would uh, assemble the raft and the paddles used um, with the raft. Uh, to hide the fact that they were working at night, the men used dummy heads uh, made out of paper mache and hair from the barber shop. Now, West had left behind, uh, left when, uh, excuse me, on the night of the escape, uh, West had to be left behind because his, uh, his vent became stuck due to hardened cement uh, meant to hide the hole. He did eventually make it out, but the others had already left without him. And he is actually where we get a lot of the information regarding the escape from. On June 11th, 1962, Morris and the Anglins left through their vents in the cells. As they reached the roof, they broke out of the ventilation shaft, which caused a large crash. Um, and because there was no further sound, the guards just excited, uh, decided to ignore, uh, ignore the sound. Uh, they believed it had just been pigeons or some other animal uh, that had caused the sound. Not pigeons, pelicans. Excuse me. Uh, they climbed 30 feet of plumbing to get to the roof crossed 100 feet of roof, and dropped down 50 feet of piping, landing somewhere outside of the prison shower area. They then proceeded to climb over two, barbed, uh, two 12-foot barbed wire fences, and around 12 p.m., excuse me, 10 p.m., they inflated a raft and departed the islands, and the inmates were never seen again. Uh, no crimes, like the ones that the men planned in the immediate aftermath of the escape, uh, were uh, occurred, so there was no stolen car, there was no stolen clothes. Um, and uh, excuse me. Um, they actually, on July 17th, a cargo ship reported seeing a body dressed in what seemed to be denim, much like the prison uniforms. Um, so they were kind of believed to be dead by um, law enforcement. On Angel Island, a few different items were found, such as pieces of raincoats and a paddle. Um, and that, again, kind of contributed to the evidence that they were dead. You know, why would they leave these things behind? They just washed up on shore. So like I said earlier, most of what we know comes from West, who cooperated uh, and was thus not punished uh, for the escape. Uh, still, the FBI case remains open, uh, and the fact that there was a chance that they could have made it away has led to a lot of interest. Uh, and apparently there are still uh, tips being given to the FBI and U.S. Marshals on a fairly consistent basis. Um, <clears throat> later in 1962, another inmate would succeed in swimming uh, to Angel Island, where he was found suffering from hypothermia, but he proved that it was possible to get there for a prisoner. Um, and you also have to keep in mind that he didn't have a raft, whereas the inmates uh, who escaped during the 1962 escape did have a raft, so it would be much easier for them to get away. Um, sightings occurred for years afterwards. Uh, the Anglin uh, and Morris families believed they had interacted with them on multiple occasions. They got letters um, at the Anglin's mother's funeral, uh, there were reported sightings of two older women, uh, older women who seemed to be dressed weirdly and left very quickly. And some believe this to be the Anglin brothers. Um, so there are still sightings uh, and um, 
I'm going to be honest, Ross. I very much believe that they got away. I'm, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but uh, I think they did. I think it's fully possible that they did. Absolutely. I mean, just having the raft, I mean, they proved that it was possible. The one guy proved it was possible by swimming across, but yeah. they had a raft and they were um, like in raincoats. I mean, yeah. And the Mythbusters actually tried it out too. Uh, and they were able to do it. I mean, it's to me, I think it's fully possible. Um, difficult, but possible. I mean, I don't know. It just depends on like the weather and stuff that they face that night. I mean, sure, it might have been clear skies, but it's a lot different when you're in that little raft. Sure, but I mean, it's to me, I, if if a guy can swim there, I think it's possible for someone to raft there. I mean, Absolutely. it's. Um, I think the mystery of it is what make is what makes the story so interesting. Is we don't know. They very well could have gotten away, or maybe they did drown, and so it's. Um, it's it's really interesting. I I really like that. Um, I love I really, how the movie kind of leaves it on a cliffhanger too. I mean, I it know does. We, it does. They don't. Um, the movie yet, but. They don't explain it. Yeah, you're right. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, anyway, in 1963, because of high costs and degrading conditions, Alcatraz was finally closed. Um, from 1969 to 1971, the island was occupied by Native American activists, uh, but they were eventually forced to leave because of Richard Nixon everybody's favorite president <laughs> and, and in uh, we better stop there yeah uh in 1972 alcatraz was open to the public uh and uh, overall um yeah that's the story of alcatraz yeah um so we're going to transition to talking about the accuracy of the film and like i mentioned earlier it's actually pretty close the film overall pretty accurately depicts the escape uh, in 1962, and the horrors of <clears throat> excuse me, the horrors of isolation on the island. Uh, so, first of all, Alcatraz is uh, accurately very gloomy. Uh, the filmmakers actually restored Alcatraz Island for the movie. So, any th- this is not a set, at least for the most part. Uh, this all the parts you're seeing in this movie were not filmed on sets; they were actually filmed on Alcatraz Island, and that adds a lot of really, really great. Um, not legitimacy, uh, authenticity to the film. Uh, and it's, it's very cool to see Alcatraz in operation in a way. Um, it's, it's very neat. And I, I think it's worth the watch for that alone. Yeah. I didn't um, even know that that's, that makes the movie already 20 times better. Yeah. And apparently, um, a lot of the improvements they made for the movie stayed. And if you go to Alcatraz today, a lot of what is there has actually been restored because of the movie, which is really, really cool to think about. So um, that, that alone for me is, is really, really cool to see in the film. Um, one of the big inaccuracies uh, is the character of the warden. So the warden in this film is fictional uh, and it's clear that the film needed a villain. So I, I don't blame the filmmakers for making the warden the villain. Uh, in reality, the warden at the time, <clears throat> Olin G. Blackwell, was possibly the least strict warden in the prison's history. Uh, he was known to be drunk quite often. He was actually on vacation at the time at the time of the escape. Uh, so it's not like the film where you see the warden at the end of the movie um, searching for them as well. Uh, no, the warden was not there at the time. Uh, and unlike in the film, he excuse me, like in the film, he did not believe that the prisoners survived. So just like in the movie, 
Uh, the warden doesn't believe the prisoners survived. Similarly, Blackwell did not believe that the prisoners survived. Uh, Blackwell is actually mentioned in the film, uh, and he is mentioned accurately as being loose on discipline, although it is inaccurate because he was actually the last warden of the prison. So this warden that we have in the movie is fictional. I, he's not even named. Uh, I don't think he's they say his name. He's just the warden, yeah. Um, character of Doc in the movie. Uh, and hold on, actually, one thing I want to bring up very quickly that I found very interesting there are two actors in this movie that were also in the film Home Alone. Character of Doc, who plays the old man, right? Yeah. And then, um, excuse me, the, the guy who plays Butts is one of the policemen in Home Alone. I and never pieced this is that not, together. This is not, I, okay, this is not related to Alcatraz at all, but I just found that really weird. I don't hey, know. Miss. They like Christmas time. They really they got like Christmas time. That's right. It's related. Okay, we're gonna find some way to relate it. It's like, you know, we always gotta tie it back to the Civil War because Alcatraz was used during the Civil War. See, it all loops around. It all ties together. It's all and ties you know, together. You know who's in the Civil War? Who? Grant. That's right. Grant is in the Civil War. Clint Eastwood was in The Outlaw Josie Wales, which takes place during the Civil War. That is a very good movie. We might have to go over that one. It's a great movie. Anyway, character of Doc. Uh, he's the guy who paints. Um, he's inspired by Ruth Purcell, uh, an inmate who tried to cut off his hands due to desperation and his incarceration. Uh, in the film, Doc actually chops off his fingers so that he will get to leave Alcatraz. Um, from what I can tell, this is the only part of Ruth Purcell that actually inspired the character of Doc. Uh, but it is interesting to note that that part was inspired by something true that happened. Uh, however, Purcell was actually a prisoner in the 1940s, not around the time that uh, the film is set. Um, but I did think it would be interesting to note that he that part wasn't just made up. It did happen. And I think it contributes to a larger theme of the film as, you know, an iso- as this, the inhumanity of this isolation and the brutality of it. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the themes a little bit more in our, our likes and dislikes, uh, but I thought it'd be important to note that. Um, one of the main characters of the film, his name is Butts. Uh, he is inspired by Alan West. Again, his character is fictionalized, but the stuff he did in real life uh, is in the film. Uh, so I think this was probably done to give Butts sort of a sympathetic edge and to further show the inhumanity. Uh, he is shown to have a wife um, and his wife uh, says, oh, your mother's dying. And this is part of the thing that drives him to escape. So again, this is showing how hard this incarceration is and almost how inhuman it is. Um, I also think it's done to make him a better person because uh, the real guy, West, Alan West, was a snitch. Uh, and, you know, nobody likes a snitch, right? So you want to you wanna, you wanna fictionalize it so you can make it a better person, right? So that's what they did. Uh, so the character of Butts is based on Alan West. Um, however, he follows, his, uh, he follows the actions of West perfectly, uh, West could not get out of his cell. Uh, his vent did get stuck. He did eventually get through it and go up on the roof, but he lost his nerve and actually went back down. So that is all, um, everything you see in the movie, as far as that goes, is perfectly done, uh, accurate to what happened. Um, how the escape is carried out is very, very accurate, um, including the planning, the execution. Uh, it's all really good. If you watch the movie, you're going to get a very good sense of how they planned this escape out and how they carried it out. The one single thing that I'm going to say about the accuracy of this, and it's incredibly minor, but I did want to mention it. 
was um, in the film, it's not really a map, a raft as much as it is just a float that they sort of hold on to and then paddle out. Uh, in real life, it was a full-on raft that they sat in and they paddled out on, or at least that's, we, we have the plans for that raft and we believe they paddled out on it. Um, so that is one thing to note is that it's not really a raft in the movie so, so much as it is just a flotation device. Uh, in real life, it was a full-on raft. Um, another thing, interestingly, about the raft is in the movie, the prisoners inflated it uh, using their mouths. Um, in real life, they actually modified an accordion, like a musical accordion, so that they could um, pump it and that would inflate the raft. So I thought that was really That's interesting. He, is that why he played the accordion? Uh, I think that was to sort of symbolize because in real life they did actually hide the sounds of their when they were chipping away at the vents. They hid the sound of that with uh, accordion playing. That's I think so that's what cool. that was for. Yeah, and that was that's another interesting. It's like all these little details are true. They did happen, and that's that's one of the things that I find so interesting about this movie. Is it gets it so right. Obviously, it does take liberties. It it has a few fictional characters, but I think you know overall it's all if you, done well. Yeah, and if you watch this movie, you're going to understand. You're gonna understand the escape. The escape. Um, I mean, it's it's so perfectly done. I mean, I think it's one of those movies where the the inaccuracies are justified, um, and there aren't too many of them. Uh, to me, this movie, I think, is a perfect image of Alcatraz Island. Um, it, it's it's. It could be, I believe, used as an educational tool, at least in some way. I think it could be. Yeah, um, absolutely. And outside of the fact, outside of that fact, it's just a fantastic movie on its own. It's enjoyable, which yeah. sometimes with the super accurate movies, it's hard to do. Yeah, like we talked about uh, A Bridge Too Far, and I know you weren't as keen on that movie as I was, but you know that movie does follow everything almost to a T, uh, and I think you know, for a history buff, that's great, but the average viewer is not going to want to follow I, I that. Need, I will fully say that I need to give that movie another chance because I looked so harshly upon it being it one of our first movies we did. Or what? it was the first movie we did. It was the first movie, yeah. And we're going to... Yeah. I would like to redo that episode at some point because that episode's kind of a mess. It is. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, uh, and it really took us until Lincoln to re- and arguably until The Patriot to really get our structure bearing. yeah get our bearings and get our structure down uh so i think um yeah went off on a tangent there on the bridge too far but that's fine that's fine uh <laughs> this is that's what this podcast is it's about a going on tangents point. yeah uh so i think that's enough on accuracy that's pretty close um uh what are our likes and dislikes i love the character english I I don't know what it is about him. I mean, he's just this. He's he's a main character, but not at the same time. Yeah, he's um he's a really strong side character. He again, he really contributes to that theme of, uh, you know, the the dehumanizing nature of the prison. He's he's he slashed his Achilles tendon, I believe, to get out of isolation. Um, so again, it's really throwing that at that theme of mm-hmm. how inhuman this is. Uh, and he's also just a good, uh, yeah, he's just a good character. It's, uh, you, you can, I mean, I felt bad for him. I mean, he yeah. killed, he killed people in self-defense and now he's an Alcatraz. Yeah. And they, um, one really interesting thing that 
going along with it that I really liked is you can see some of his humanity is restored when he sees that they escaped. He does that little smile at the end there. Uh, It feels nice. It gives, it gives a nice amount of success. Um, It's, it's really good uh, in in that sense. I really liked that character. I agree with you. It was a, it was a pretty cool character. Um, Forgive me. I don't know who he was played by, but yeah, I really, really liked him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another like I would have to say is Clint Eastwood. I mean, of I course, don't have to say anything else? Just, just Clint Eastwood. I think the whole cast really. The, uh, the whole cast is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, they, all their characters are played out very well. Uh, the warden is absolutely scummy. Yeah, uh, you like you hate the warden. You root for the you root for the bad. Are they the good guys or the bad guys? Well, that's that's another interesting thing. Is like that's another good theme about it. Is they didn't commit murder? Okay, so it's fine. As long okay. as they don't commit murder or any violent crime, it's okay. They're burglars. It's it's a okay on the moral compass. There, they just they want to steal money. Yeah, um, they're the good guys. I think, at least in the terms of the film. You know, maybe in yeah. real life it was a bit different, but in terms of the film, they're they are individuals against the system. They're going up against a inhuman. Uh, degrading system. They are the heroes of the story. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it also gets away with it too because it doesn't focus on their criminal lives. It just focuses on them on prison. Yeah, uh, I really like another character in the movie. I really liked was Litmus. Yes, he's good. Um, that's the guy with the rat, correct? Yeah, it's the guy with the rat. He was again. He was just kind of a. He was kind of a leavening, you know, lightning the atmosphere he made it a little bit less uh depressing i mean because let's be honest prison is the most depressing one of the most depressing things that and yeah and that's the point of the movie, movie and that's the point of the movie right is you want to you want to get that in there and i think it explores that theme very well and then it again it also adds a lot more motivation at the end when he dies um yeah. that's a spoil of film for you that's not a that's not a huge spoiling point there i i feel um I don't, there's not really any spoilers in this movie just because yeah yeah. Um, yeah he's good Doc is really good again Doc is uh, kind of kind of like he's again he's reinforcing that the inhumanity of it that would drive people to do such crazy things to get out of there um, so the Doc character was good and he was also pretty sympathetic uh, the only character, the only two characters in the movie that I outright hated were, of course, the warden and then um, wolf bull, bull or was it was it wolf? Whatever the big brute guy was. Yeah, it was either it was either wolf kept or, trying or to bull. Shank yeah, they tried to shank Clint Eastwood on multiple occasions, and then English saves him the second time. That's good. Good for English. God, good love for- English. You know who else is in this movie is Danny Glover, in his first film role. Which is interesting. The lethal weapon guy. Huh. Yeah. He cool. he's, he screams at Clint Eastwood at the beginning. I didn't, I didn't notice that until I looked it up afterwards. I didn't notice it either. I don't, I'm not good with cast or actors' names. I just know that if I see their face enough that they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, those, those, the whole cast does good. Clint Eastwood, I can do another one of my famous impressions. Go right ahead. <clears throat> Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I'm talking this, this voice. Oh no! Okay, all right. This should this this segment should die. Maybe 
but it but it can't because it's so cringy that it's that it's good. It's fine. I'm sure there's viewers that stay just to hear you. I'm try sure there are. I'm sure that that is the one thing that makes them continue to listen to this show. Absolutely. We should just go to Blake Impressions full time. Yeah, I I'm so good at them. I can do um I can do a lot of good ones. Uh, another thing I really liked about the movie was paced very well. Yeah, I mean, less, surprisingly well. Yeah, less than I mean, two hours long. Perfect amount of time. But they made like the scenes that needed to be drawn out, drawn out. Um, yeah. Such as, I mean, they could have ended Doc cutting. I know this is more spoilers, but when Doc cut off his finger, and they like made that whole drawn out sequence of Eastwood slowly walking over and picking one by one, putting them in the tin and handing them to the warden. Gives a lot of impact. Like, or not the warden, but the the jailer guard, the guard yeah it was just i don't know like there's like tons of those scenes that you they just they hit you and you're just like holy crap yeah there's a lot of impact in that scene i thought that was a that was perfectly carried out um the cinematography as a whole was really good it really emphasized what was going on it was claustrophobic when it needed to be claustrophobic which is a lot of times in this movie there were there were some great wide shots where you could see San Francisco Bay. It's a good looking movie. It's a really good looking movie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but um, you know the ra- the tension is really ratcheted up in those two hours. Uh, it's it's great. There's a lot of very tense moments. It's so so good. Um, uh, you know what was interesting was the sound because there there isn't really a soundtrack in this movie. No, it, they kind of just stick to all natural sounds, which yeah. I don't, I'm not sold on. I guess I would kind of say that's one, it might be one of my dislikes just because I'm so used to having like, I'm used to like the John Williams where everything is like in your face, here's music. But this movie kind of dumbed it down a little bit. And I, I, I appreciate that in a way. I like it. I think it contributes to the atmosphere a lot. Yeah. I think it contributes to the claustrophobia. For me, I think this is a movie that can get away with it. This is not, for me at least, this is not the movie I think of when I think of a John Williams score. I think of those. No, 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 no. yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm used to those huge scores by huge composers and stuff. Like, always, always, like, every modern-day movie, I feel like, has this huge, outstanding uh, score of just music. And this one, this one didn't, and it was perfect for the theme. Yeah. Um, we already mentioned it was actually filmed on Alcatraz Islands. So that's one of my big likes. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you don't see those at all nowadays of people actually going to the real scene. It's kind of no, cool. that's true. That's kind of a lost art form of I'm going to... Well, I don't want to be too mean. I, I feel like it is It is really cool when movies, though, go that extra mile and, like, we're going to film this on the actual place, like... One of the movies, we're always going to go back to it. Gettysburg was actually filmed at Gettysburg, so that's pretty cool, you know? And this movie was actually filmed at Alcatraz. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... I I, I always love it when movies really do that, and they're really like, we're going to go film this in the place it took place. Uh, Loving did that with the courthouse at the end, uh, at one point in that movie. Um, And I understand that that's not always practical to do, and sometimes you have to just not do that, but still... um, I really it's like cool. movies. You don't do need that. much. Like this movie had the whole movie was set in Alcatraz. You can kind of make it like that. But I think Loving did it perfectly by just having the iconic courthouse that they use. Yeah, something just a little tie-in for those huge fans that um, they can kind of 
be like, oh, that's really cool that they went the extra mile and actually went to the actual place. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, it was it was neat. It was a really neat thing to do. And I'm glad they did that. And I, you know, I think Clint Eastwood. I don't think he directed this movie. That was Don Siegel. He might have done certain scenes, but Clint Eastwood really goes that extra mile when it comes to things like that. Um, in he did he did two Iwo Jima movies, and parts of those were actually filmed on Iwo Jima. Um, Clint Eastwood's one of my favorite filmmakers. He really always puts in. He almost always puts in the effort. Um, he has a lot of great historical films that we'll probably talk about at some point. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is there's, like I said, I really enjoyed the themes of, you know, individuals against society and keeping one's humanity. Going against the authority. I mean, yeah. you, you can go on and on and on. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's a deeper movie when you really look into it. Um, deeper than it needs to be but i don't think that's necessarily a take i don't think that's a bad thing i think that's a good thing it elevates it um a lot i mean this is a i would say an objectively good piece of filmmaking i I would agree with that i uh personally uh, i didn't have any dislikes with the movie i really didn't i this is this is you know, it's hard to say any movie is perfect, but for me, I couldn't find any downsides of this movie. I loved every minute of it. I I did too. I mean, like, I can't, like, I, ooh, it's hard. This movie is really hard to try and critique and be bad because I sat there in awe and was all drawn in. I was, it wasn't like the coldest game or Red Tails that I was kind of like checking in and out of the movies. I was drawn in for the two hours of this movie and it was perfect. It wasn't too long. It wasn't drawn out. It wasn't too short. It was just the perfect amount of time. The the scenes were really well done, like timing-wise. Yeah, but, and that ending, too. Oh, my goodness. The so much we, I was, I, we almost forgot about that. Yeah, so spoilers, I guess we should mention uh, if you're going to watch the movie. It's not – it's ambiguous, so it's really not too much of a spoiler, but um, – yeah, spoilers nonetheless for the end of the movie. We're going to talk about that right now. You should watch this movie. Uh, so at the end of the movie, they're on Angel Island, and they find pieces of the raft and a, chrys- a chrysanthemum. Wow, okay. A chrysanthemum, which is a, um, it's a reoccurring uh, symbol in the film, and it's kind of a symbol of freedom uh, because it's they're, they're growing these against the warden's wishes. Um, and he finds it the warden finds it on angel Island and it's set up. So you don't know if it just washed up there uh, or if they actually made it and they left it there. And it's so brilliant. It leaves so much open to uh, interpretation. It's fantastic. Uh, Yeah. I really appreciated that scene. Uh, And again, it's like I was talking about earlier, leaving it open for that mystery really leaves the viewer thinking about the movie and it makes them it makes them sort of create their own ending in their mind. And that's really engaging. I think really I fun. How, I loved how much the warden was in denial. I mean, the actor that played the warden in that final scene, like blew me away with just, they died. They died. They had to, they died. They died. Yeah. And the guards like, well, what about this? What about this? And he's like, no, they died. Yeah. I mean, really driving home the whole, cannot believe someone could ever escape from this unescapable 
island. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the Great Escape. It's like we yes. can't believe this happened. That's a great movie. We're gonna talk about that too at some point. Yes, we will. It's a great one. Um, yeah, that's all I have specifically to say about the movie. Ross, any closing thoughts? Um, if you have two hours to spare, this is a great movie, and you will. I mean, it's it is jaw droppingly good. It's good, yeah. Um, yeah, that's I feel too. This is this is up there for me. Um, and that's one thing we're going to start actually ranking these movies now. Um, and we're each going to have our own little list here. Uh, and this isn't a 10 out of 10 ranking. We're going to be ranking these in terms of related to the other movies. So, um, uh, Ross, would you like to share your list first? I, I might as well. Do you want me to go from the worst to best or best to worst? Uh, let's do best to worst. Well, I got to kick it off with Lincoln. I I have always loved Lincoln. That is like the movie that I've, I think I've watched at least once a year. And I usually don't do that with movies. Like I'm usually, I watch it once or twice and then I'm kind of done with it. I might watch it later on, but um, Lincoln blows me away. Is it, It's for sure in my, like of any movie, not just historical, it's in my top three of, I will watch this any day. I, by far my favorite. Before I get carried away on Lincoln, my second is Loving. I mean, credit goes where credit is deserved. I was, I went in with low hopes for loving. I was like, oh, it's, it's a civil rights movie. How good can it be? And then I got sucked into it, and I, I am in love with loving. I mean, it is a wonderful movie, and I think it does the civil rights movement justice by not, by not overdoing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's an understated approach. Yes, um, of kind of like how they wanted to, they wanted to just be alone and they didn't really care. I mean, they just wanted to be together. I, they weren't fighting for civil rights. They were fighting for themselves. Um, and then number three is Escape from Alcatraz. I mean, I will watch this movie any day. Uh, four, I have The Patriot just because that was what Blake and I grew up watching in class together. Absolutely. Because um, if there's I mean, one movie... If there's one movie you can teach people with, it's definitely The Patriot. Absolutely. Not 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 <laughs> Lincoln. And hatchets. That's right. Not Lincoln, which actually has done incredible in-depth research and is incredibly authentic. No, it's definitely The Patriot. <laughs> um, then you can't I, to that sarcasm. Have... That is very deep sarcasm. I hope very, that was clear. Oh, then I have Challenger, just because I don't know what it was about Challenger, but I just find anything about space very, very cool. Space race is up there with, I mean, World War II beats it all out, but space race is definitely up there. So not so the Civil Civil War ta- isn't number one for you? Civil War? I, yeah, well, no, I'm not, not the movie. No, 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 like, no, 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 I'm saying like, it's, it's World War II, Civil War, and then like space race is somewhere in like the top five. I think for me, as of now, it kind of fluctuates, but as of now, Civil War is number one for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're right now in love with Grant. That's why. Yeah, I'll always be in love with Grant. It's, it's your thing. I get it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do books on here at some point because there are oh, some books about that. Right there are some good books. Uh, I think, yeah. Killer Angels would be one of them. That I would yeah, and that's it. If, if we are going to do books, I would like to do historical fiction because if it's just a history book, then like, we're I mean, not opposed yeah, to that necessarily. History. But then it's no. just going to tell you the history itself. So, yeah. Um. Then I have, this is America, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown will forever hold a 
special place in my heart. Um, Operation Finale with Poe Dameron. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good movie, but not my cup of tea of movies. Um, then I have A Bridge I, Too Far. I can understand that. A Bridge Too Far, I need to give it another chance. I Here's the thing. We are... We're going to slowly readjust these over time. Yeah. We are going to watch some of these movies more than once, even if we don't. I don't plan on making a second movie over most of these necessarily, but we are going to wa- rewatch them and sort of rework our listings. Um, As we're time gonna, goes on. Yeah, we're going to start doing this every week. We're going to play some. We're not going to go through the entire list every week because that would just no, be redundant. No. But we are going to tell you, oh, this is number two. This beats out this or this beats out that. Yeah, we'll tell you what it's below and what it's above. Kind of like yeah. just place it. Um, then I have Red Tails. Uh, I'm I'm really surprised that Red Tails is not last. I'm gonna be completely honest. Gee, I, um, want, I wonder what that last movie is. I there. wonder I what the last one is. Uh, I'm gonna say The Coldest Game, and um, that might be your number one. I get it, but that is not my best. number one best. Yeah, I mean, not you, not quite. <laughs> it's close, right? I love yeah. that. Oh yeah, I love that one. I loved the movie that didn't have any plot. Oh boy, what a what a film! What a yep. fantastic movie! It, it does not need any explanation yeah. for why it is there. All right, so I guess it's time for me to to do mine here. Uh, I'm gonna be, between one and two. It was very difficult, but I think mine too just edged out Lincoln. Uh, I've only ever actually seen that movie twice. I saw it first when it came out, and when we watched that, and uh, I think I am gonna have to rewatch that one because I I adored that one as well. Um, and that might be my favorite. Not just our favorite movie, but I think that might have been my favorite episode that we've done on this podcast so far. I really enjoyed talking about that movie. Um, so that one was great. Uh, number two is Escape from Alcatraz. Again, I just had a tough time deciding whether I like that one more than Lincoln. I think Lincoln just narrowly beats it out. As a purely historical film, I think Lincoln narrowly beats it out, but it's, it's really good. Um, uh, number three for me is A Bridge Too Far. Uh, different thoughts on that one. Uh, I've I've always loved that movie. That that to me is like that is a pure history buffs movie. That is not made for normal people, and I can understand why someone would not enjoy that. But for me, I just it, yeah. So much. I, so, I need to give it another chance, other than looking the, at it like it's another Marvel movie. Yeah, the battle scenes are what make it for me because yeah. they're so good. Um, after that is loving. Um, again, there's. Jeez, that is such a great movie, and I'm really glad we did that one for Black History Month because that was such a fantastic movie. Um, I really enjoyed talking about that. Uh, that that is another movie that I would just any day of the week, whether you're a history buff or just a film fan, or you just want a good movie, watch Loving. It is it is a great movie. Um, after Loving for me comes Challenger Final Flight, kind of middle of the pack. It wasn't like. It wasn't super memorable, but I enjoyed it. Uh, and I think it gives you a very good overview of the Challenger disaster. Um, so if you're seeking to learn about that, I think it's a great tool. Um, I might watch that again. I don't know. It's, it, it was, yeah, it was fine. If I have time, I might, but I'd rather go watch a newer movie or something. Or not, like, and, not necessarily newer, but an actual movie. So, and I will, I will, I will stress that I do recommend that. But I'm just saying, personally for me, I don't know if it's something I'm going to rewatch. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> after that is Operation Finale, which I enjoyed. I really enjoyed that. Um, um, I'm, I, I might rewatch that one at some point. Um, 
This is America, Charlie Brown, which I put up there. Um, I put that high up there because it's not really a movie, but I do love it. Ah, it's weird for me. That one's weird. Uh, it's not my favorite peanuts thing. I do love the peanuts, no, but it's not my favorite I, peanuts. Thing. I love the peanuts. So it's going to get a higher ranking. Um, yeah. For me, it's just like, yeah, that, that one's where it is. I, I mean, if you yeah, ask this me about is not it, rotten tomatoes, this is, yeah. Uh, if it's, if, it, if this was like, if this was like rotten tomatoes, then sure. The peanuts stuff, it, I would throw all the kinds of other stuff in there that I love more, but just saying as of now, that is where that yes. specific one ranks. Uh, then the Patriot again, love the movie, but it's just ridiculous. Uh, I As enjoyed a it. Film, it's not very good. I enjoyed it less this mo- this most recent watching. It's a little too long. It's yeah. like a three hour movie, and not in a good way. Because look, I'm not like look. We're not in. We don't need a movie to be short. Like we talked about earlier, Gettysburg. That's like a four and a half hour movie. That's a Which four hour movie. In for four and a half hours. Yeah, That's what's good. Dances with Wolves is up is a how long is that movie that's a three-hour movie uh so you know great escape that's a three-hour movie so again i i mean we're not so such sticklers about length but uh i felt like that movie didn't necessarily use its length super well i felt like it wasn't paced incredibly yeah. well it's still a cool movie but it's like i don't know i liked it less going going back around this time and i'm um, sure as i as time goes on i'll lose that um, yeah because we're gonna glow of it we're going to look at more movies. Um, next up is Red Tails. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> already explained away. That is That, to me, is probably my second favorite episode we've done alongside with Lincoln. I really enjoyed talking about that movie. Yeah, it's a miserable film. But that's what was so fun to talk about it for was because it was so bad. Uh, and then The Coldest Game. Uh, I don't know if anything good. will beat that. I don't think because here's the thing is like Red Tails is like fun bad, but like the coldest, coldest game is just bad. Coldest game is just bad. This is boring bad. Um, so yeah, um, next week or not next week, two weeks from now, we plan to do an episode, a special episode for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, of course, we have to do something special from that. We're Kentuckians for God's sake. This is God's country, and we uh, like horses. We do like horses. My dad worked at a horse farm in college, which is so... He, he went to UK. <laughs> so that's like one of the most Kentucky things you can think of. Working on a horse farm at UK. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's... Um, that was my list. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Any, anything else you want to add to this episode, Ross? Um, I had no idea your dad worked on a horse farm. Ah, well, that's the most important historical fact we learned today. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. As always, uh, you can leave us a listener message by clicking that link in the uh, description below. Uh, maybe you just want to give us a comment or something. Uh, who knows? Um, I hope yeah, you enjoyed. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, this was fun. This was really fun. I really enjoyed this one. I did. Uh, too. I thank you all for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>